You're listening to the 515 Podcast, led by Pastor John Wayne McMahon with Kingwood United Methodist Church in Kingwood, Texas. Thanks for downloading. Hi there. Thank you for joining us on episode 63 of the 515 Podcast. Jason Priest, my hair with John Wayne McMahon. John, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thank you. Oh, you sound good. Yeah, it's good to be here. I can't look. Yes. Um, we are continuing the sermon series on the parables. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. Um, I hope so. Yeah. I feel like it's been good. I do, too. Um, we had a lot of people at church on Sunday. Yeah, we did. For, you know, you even made the, the comments like, aren't you people, you know, you're supposed to be on vacation. Yeah. Why are yeah. you here? Yeah. And, you know, we had to get chairs out and everything. But uh, I'm going to I'm gonna just say it's because everybody wants to hear these parable uh, sermons that you uh, and the other fun. sermons are doing, the other ministers are doing. So, yeah. Let's talk about the sermon. You now you're messing me up. You wrote on the notes, "Parable of the Barns," um, and it's the Bible said, "Parable of the Rich Fool." Yeah, but there's a lot of rich fools in the Bible, so that's why. I, oh, you have to be more specific. That's, yeah, that's why. I, oh. that's why I said the barn. Okay, there really is. So when I thought when I when because everyone calls this one the rich fool, and when I when I think about that, I think, well, which one is that? Is which it the is? one that was like? What must I do to earn eternal life? Well, you need to sell all your possessions. Then he walks away. Yeah, you're like oh, he's, he's rich. He's full. <laughs> I think he's the rich young ruler. But anyways, come on. These are like really not specific titles. That's so. true. Now wait. So is this the only one where God like straight out calls this guy out? Calls somebody a fool? Dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean in the par in That's the parable. Cool. I mean in the parable, right? Yeah. I mean, God didn't like show up and say, "Hey." Yeah, I mean, Jesus calls dudes out a little more subtle though. So that but could in this be, parable, God's like, "You're a fool." That's, that could be Jerry. like Mr. T. That could be. That's great. I pity the fool. <laughs> this is probably just Jesus taking a chance to make some little commentary. You know. Yeah. It's like, hey. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, let's um, give us a recap on this past week as week sermon, yeah. and uh, let's let's get started here. Yeah. First, um, if you were with us at eleven, I had to cut a big portion of the sermon, so. Oh, yeah. We'll have we'll have nine forty um, up on the Vine podcast mm-hmm. soon. Uh, probably by the time you see this, yes, you can find it on the podcast. So, um, anyways, I just encourage you if you were at eleven, there was there were some parts that we kind of we were able to close that a little bit better. And so, uh, if if you were um, wrestling with some things, I do encourage you to go back and listen to that. Uh, so say that up front, and then. Um, this parable is is an interesting one. Um, some really interesting dialogue that's going on. So first, let, let, we'll just give you kind of an overview of the story. Uh, Jesus is is teaching at this part in Luke, Luke chapter twelve, and he's in the middle of this teaching, and then all of a sudden, a, a young man comes up and says, "Teacher um, or Rabbi, uh, will you tell my brother to give me my share of the inheritance?" Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of feels kind of random. Um, actually, we, we know that it would be pretty common for a rabbi to um, receive questions or, or, you know, these kind of requests uh, because the rabbis and the teachers and the Jewish scribes and stuff like that, they're the ones who study the Jewish law, which is actually the political law as well for the Jews. I mm-hmm. mean, so it's not, they, they don't go to the local government agency and, and ask for a settlement. And they don't find like lawyers are, are actually Jewish, Jewish law 
authorities kind of thing and so anyway so it's not really out of out of the ordinary for something like that to happen so it happens um, Jesus responds with a harsh statement about greed and then he tells this story this parable he tells the story of a rich man um, who uh, apparently was a farmer but was a wealthy farmer and he uh, one year all of a sudden had this incredible yield from his crops uh, so much so that he couldn't fill his storage barns um, and so uh, he thought to himself, what am I going to do about this? Um, and he tears down his barns. He builds bigger barns uh, to be able to keep all of his stuff. And then he says to himself, look, now I can relax. I can kick mm-hmm. back, uh, maybe go vacation a little while. I can eat, drink, and be merry, the scripture says. I like the fact that that phrase is in there because, I mean, that is a very common phrase yeah. throughout all of you yeah. know, colloquial society. Yeah. <laughs> eat, drink, yeah. and be merry. It's like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, like, yeah, in the Greek, I mean... I was looking at that. I was trying to see if there's anything unique there, but I really don't think there's any way to other way to translate it. Yeah, okay. That's why our colloquial kind of jumps into there. It, there we go. it fit pretty nicely with what the Greek, what the guy says he wants to do. Yeah. And so, so he does that. And then it, in parable standards, it's an interesting parable because God's in it and God responds, you fool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tonight your life will be demanded from you and who will get what you've built for yourself. Um, that's the way it is for people that uh, are not that are not are rich for themselves and not rich towards God. So yeah. that's kind of the parable. And so the overview, we kind of, you know, first off, I just said that this is typically this is this is the sermon that's you can't take it with you, right? Like yeah. you can't have the U-Haul on the hearse uh, because you can't take all your stuff with you, and and that's probably how it's always preached. And I'm. And so we wrestle with some of those things, but I also think there's different different ways that we're wealthy, and and so we we teased out a whole bunch of, of stuff and talked about um, our barns, the barns we're building, and and things like that. So, anyways, it was interesting. It was passionate. Uh, message for me um, because it's one of those initially I look at and I go well I'm pretty stinking broke mm-hmm. so like Lauren and I have never sat down and go man what, what are we going to do with all this money right. you know how Let's are we a bigger barn yeah yeah we could, <laughs> we could get a bigger house no yeah. we're I mean it's never been that like we've yeah. never really been that way it was like oh my gosh we can afford uh, to live in something mm-hmm. right you know and yeah. so um, and we're we we and I've, I've shared this publicly so I don't mind saying it I mean we've wrestled with school debt and mm-hmm. we're still still fighting through some of some of that stuff now and so uh anyways i go into the sermon going all right well what is what does john wayne need to learn from this um before like how does the scripture affect me before i bring it to everyone else and so that's why it was just an interesting impactful uh text for me because i I really i really think that it's important that i expect god to to press on me and challenge my worldview um, before I'm ever preaching a sermon. Um, and I think that's a healthy approach to it. Uh, and, and I know that it won't always affect me in the same way that it affects other people. But I just mean, if I haven't sat in it long enough and the living word of God uh, has not had the opportunity to, to work in me, and, and it did. And so that's why I was so um, just excited to kind of preach this message this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyways, it was fun. Yeah. So um, let's talk about wealth then. So yeah. uh, obviously uh, this guy is talking about wheat, 
you yeah. know, for, for yeah. starters. Yeah. But clearly there's, you know, there's various different types of wealth, both in biblical times and also in our uh, society yeah. today. So yeah. let's talk about some Yeah, of and this. his story, in his in, in this story, I mean, his grain or, or the crops that he has is, is quite literally a monetary, mm-hmm. like it's a currency. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, he really... It's a it's a money wealth that he has and that he keeps. And he's I mean, so set. He's like, I don't have to work next year or the year after that. You know, I can yeah. just kick back and early retirement. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's exactly what happens. And so, uh, anyways, that that was interesting for me because you know, I wondered who was going to be sitting in the room and thinking about early retirement or yeah. you know, like <laughs> what what it looks like to. I mean, I've thought about like like Lauren and I are already dreaming about buying a camper. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know that's not like storing up barns of wealth right. but you know we like we already dream about what it would look like to to spend time together traveling and stuff like that and i think some of that is okay but yeah. some of it's pretty unhealthy so anyways so different types of wealth well one head on money i mean money is one that we would be um we would not be very wise to to at least mention and talk about Sunday, I talked about the way in which uh, the two most common things or misconceptions I see in money, particularly in couples that are getting married. Mm -hmm. uh, But I wonder if it's such a subtle mistake that young couples are making. Is it one that couples that have been together are still living in because it's never been addressed? And one of them is is over obsessing on money as security. Yeah. Um, and, and the other one is money tied to happiness. And so I talked about those for a couple. I'll just briefly touch on those right now. But um, money is happiness. I don't want to be naive and say that <clears throat> money can't be like money doesn't provide some activities that bring happiness. Yeah. But when money is the direct tie to happiness really unhealthy things can happen and happiness is a fleeting kind of uh emotion right Mm -hmm. like we're not talking about joy here we're talking about like uh going out with our spouse or going on vacation going that was fun and then it's over you know like it's it's gone all of a sudden it's it's a fleeting thing that happens i know that it requires some level of money to be able to do some of the things that we want to do and that and some things that are that are healthy however you're going to tell the the are you going to talk to the person that's really broke? I mean, for example, a couple uh, family came into the church today um, needing a little help. They just moved mm-hmm. in town, had a flat tire, things like that. And I was struck by how joyful they were. Um, are you going to tell them they can't have fun and be happy because they don't have any money? Yeah. Like, I just think that's that's an unhealthy way to approach it. Money security is an even trickier one in our context in Kingwood. I think... I think it's it's a very common thing to over obsess about uh, or c- directly tie that money to to security. And so, what it, what what do I mean by security? I mean this this idea of feeling safe and mm-hmm. and and that you can relax and like not like be lazy, but you can just be okay and not have to stress or worry about some of those things. And so, when we uh, and and money is security is one of those tricky slippery slopes that that even it starts off as uh, I just need to get to this much but if it's an obsession once you get to that much you're thinking I gotta get some more I gotta get yep. more I gotta get more yep. and, and that's really a problem the other thing that I teased out on Sunday is what happens when a hurricane happens and you don't have flood insurance mm-hmm. and 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 you know FEMA's not coming through for you and your house is your literal house is ripped in two like and money is security for you 
then you're completely insecure. Yeah, like, you you put all your eggs in that basket. It's yeah. like, as long as I have this in my house and all these belongings, that I'm just going to be happy. And then it's literally taken from you. Yeah. Um, and then where does that leave you? Yeah, and, to, and to, to just press this and be blunt, that means we've replaced God with money. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what we've done. Mm-hmm. Like, God's hope and joy and presence being with his people has to be our security. Um, that's the primary, and then and then there's there's I know there's really practical things about being secure. I mean, we teach a biblical standard in, in premarital counseling, and and when we're meeting with other people, and some of our biblical teaching, like through financial peace and Dave Ramsey stuff like that, there are steps that we try to help people see that debt's not good, and here's emergency saving accounts, and we and and recommend investing, and and all of those mm-hmm. things are good, and I think it's important to plan and take care of your family and and life is really expensive i mean i've got a little one i'm already thinking about i've got this debt i'm still living out of how do i get ready and prepare for to take care of my kids now that we're we're living into that season Mm. that's beginning and so i don't want to denounce some of that but when it becomes obsessive and it becomes all that we have that stuff can be taken away and it can be taken away overnight and i just i just think we need to be pressed into that not only because if something were to happen, you are left with nothing, but also because I think you're living life a little short of what it can be. And that's the press right here is to, to live for other people and not see that money is security. And so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more, I think, in this conversation. The, another form of wealth is knowledge or life experience. Um, kind of ran short on time, so I didn't get to talk about this very much. But, but I was just thinking about like, Think about the the marriage, uh, the the couple who has twenty five years in their pocket or thirty years in their pocket, and they're not they're not spending any time with other young couples, uh, pouring into anybody mm-hmm. else about yeah. about what they've learned in marriage, and that's that's what a community, a church community, is supposed to be about is this learning from each other and, and multiple generations and things like that. So that was one thing that kind of came to mind. That's a good point. Yeah. Does that mean, I mean, does that make sense? Like I, I just, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I've spent time with my grandparents before and I just, I, I just love learning from them and hearing from them. And they have a, a wealth of knowledge and life experience they know about fights that we're going to have that we hadn't even <laughs> thought about. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in, in some of life stumbling blocks. And I and I, I think in some of our small groups where we've seen that cross-generational thing, we've seen a, a wealth of knowledge and experience actually be invested in other people uh, through some of what life has, has brought people. I think you just hit, hit the nail on the head. I mean, I was um, I was actually going to say that. The, 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 the interactions we've been having in our small groups yeah. includes families of you know people who've been married for 20 plus years and have kids that are already grown up and out of the house yeah and um also newlyweds that have been married you know less than two years yeah and everything in between yeah and when else in your regular social gathering are you going to be that closely in conversation and interacting with people who are 20 years younger than you right right and not feel like totally weird like yeah. oh man why are we with these old people here you know yeah but it's completely natural and i think that really is where uh, i've seen a lot of really good conversation and kind of um if not just okay kids gather around let me tell you about how it was back in my day you know but but it's just like social just interaction and really good 
advice giving and, yeah. and yeah. you know, oh, that's, that's yeah. And, th- and think about like real practical stuff. Like think about in your work in your work career, Jason. Like did, when you, when you were first getting started in in your line of work, I mean, were there were there people that took time to help you and kind of like <laughs> mentor a little bit or no. just show you some of the ropes? And and, and that's hard, right? Like yeah, that's really sure. tough. And so, um, like. I just think there's an incredible opportunity for not not only not only I think is that a really cool thing to invest in people and help mm-hmm. them in their livelihood uh, in work in a workplace, but that develops a relationship in which another yeah. door can be open and you can share some of life experiences in that. And so, if you're if you're 20 years into a job, 10 years into a job, five years into a job, um, look for those around you that are considering that work or getting started, Definitely. and just take a little bit of time yeah. and check in on them. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing. The other the the other one this one should be the most obvious to all of our listeners how many of us have been walking with the lord for a while and are not spending any time with new believers like yeah and are, mm. are not just checking in on folks and and seeing how people are doing and 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 loving on folks and i mean like here, here's a real example how many of those of us um have how many of those of us listening have ever taught someone how to read scripture hmm. or how to pray like, <laughs> I imagine yeah. there's silence all over the place right now in cars. <laughs> it's not just in here. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I think that man, really. I think for those of us that have that have been doing it now, listen. <laughs> I'm no expert in prayer or studying the Bible or anything like that. But man, without a, a couple of people here, and I wish there was more mm-hmm. showing me some of those things. That's one of those places where I'm scared to ask anyone for help. Yeah, because. It's embarrassing not to know how to pray. Like, what do you, what do you, I mean, you know, that's not always like a easy thing to bring up. And, and without people that eagerly kind of stepped into that and t- told me about their prayer life and things like that, I don't know. But I think that there's a place of, there, we have wealth in all different circumstances mm-hmm. uh, that we can kind of use that. And here's the kicker for this. This is not about being the expert, the us versus them. This is about, because I think that life experiences are different. Like if if my dad tried to raise me based on how he was raised, right? Like right. The, his, my world is very different than his world, right? Like there's, there are, um, there are important um, virtues and things that, that can underline that kind of uh, help and mentorship and things like that. However, times have changed a little bit. And so it's not about being experts. It's about being in relationship with others. And it's about speaking into anxiety and, and just comforting and like getting to know people. Mm-hmm. I think that's how we can really share wealth is through through relationships and, and what's going on around us. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because if it becomes too much about... Uh, well, here's here's let me be clear. I don't want us to be arrogant. Like if we if we can if we can lead and mentor in mentoring others and pouring into others with humility, I think that that's uh, that's the faithful way to approach this. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah. yeah, that's that's good stuff. I mean, we yeah. never would have got to that on Sunday. Yeah, no, <laughs> that was not good. at all. <laughs> that's good. Um, I've closed my notes. Um, <clears throat> so, used a term this weekend and I thought you were just trying to like get a real high score on Scrabble or something like that. <laughs> uh, premeditated self-centeredness. Yeah. So tell me where did you get that or where are you going with that that term? That's interesting. Yeah, I think I think we I think we should tease this out a little bit. I don't 
my thoughts aren't completely together, so this might be an opportunity for us to, okay, to cool. talk, Let's talk on this a little bit. But I think, well, all right, so definitely in the parable, what we see is pre, what I, what I see and identify as premeditated self-centeredness. Right, we thinking, talked a lot about me, I, my. Yeah, okay, yeah, all of a sudden the that. language turns completely on himself. He's yeah. not thinking about anyone else, not thinking about God. Yeah. So the end of the parable is you weren't rich towards God. Uh, God says that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, and there's, there's no talk of anyone else. And so, and what I mean is not only is he working really hard, tearing these barns down, but he's doing it. It so that he can be lazy, so that he can yeah. uh, eat, drink, be merry, um, go on an extra vacation. You know, like the that's that's the approach. And I wonder what's the rub for us? When when are we premeditated selfish? Like when are we being premeditated self-centered upon on what's going on? And I think what I'm trying to get at here is there's a motivation um, that that motivation of the heart. Uh, that might be the identifier of where we're building barns. Are we doing it for ourselves mm-hmm. or are we doing it for others? And are we doing it just for our small little family so that we can have like three generations of security or whatever? Or are we working hard so that um, we can be able to, to pour into and invest into other people? I think like... I mean, let's be honest. So you get that extra vacation house, yeah, or like retire fifteen years early instead of like seeing an opportunity to to work because work is good. It is before the fall in Genesis. Mm-hmm. It is a good thing, and, and be able to to make more money or to spend time with other people and invest in others. Now, for for the person that. Uh, retires early and pours into ministry and does all those things like I get that but I just mean for those of us that are looking for opportunities to eat drink and be merry I think that we're talking about sloth here yeah. and we're talking about being lazy does, we even talked sense? about how um, the the ways that he got all this extra grain it it could have been completely by accident or dumb luck he's like yeah. man I just got all this extra money yeah. wealth um, like I'm going to hoard that and take the, take it easy for the rest of them, you know, and not, it's like I went to Chick-fil-A, uh, on the way to, to work one day and it was like free bis- chicken biscuit day. And I just ordered my own food and it's like, okay, now all of a sudden I had this extra stuff. I didn't want it. Uh, I could have just like chilled, but no, I, I like, I got to work and, and somebody was like, oh man, I, I'm hungry. I didn't have breakfast today. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, surprise, here's a free chicken biscuit. Yeah. Um, so it's either that versus no, I'm going to lock it up in the fridge and maybe I'll eat it later and yeah. maybe I won't. Maybe I'll forget about it and throw it out in two days. Or yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, but anyway, we don't know how that guy right. came to his, his sudden fortune, you know? Um, but his, his first reaction was just to hide it away and, and, well, the other quote that I had this, Ordered, this yeah. week was, self-centeredness is the natural product of earned wealth. And and what I mean by that is in the story, he 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 is at least acting like, this is mine. Yes. I earned mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. I worked really hard for this. My new business plan or, or irrigation system yeah. is the reason why I have all of this stuff. And I think when, when we're doing that, we're not acknowledging... All of the all of the grace and all of the underpinnings of what God's done in our life to be able to give us this opportunity and be where we're at. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, like the example that I used, uh, I was talking about spending some time in in the prison with my brother, and like, 
I was just just very aware of in talking with family members that were visiting mm-hmm. the some of the prisoners, the men in white, and in seeing the family members that weren't there, just very aware that some of these kids, I mean, they and the, oh, most of them were kids. Uh-huh. Um, they they came from homes that were very different from mine, very very hard. Yeah, and so I just don't like. I worked really hard. I'm the first. Like my parent, my parents didn't didn't finish college, mm-hmm. um, and so like like this was kind of a new step for for me. I mean, like I didn't really have that that full model or or someone in my my family other than my maybe my grandfather was kind of leading that push. Um, but if I sit around and go, man, yeah, I worked really hard. I did all this, and I don't acknowledge that that God really provided for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he kept me out of trouble and I was trying to screw my life up mm-hmm. and like, um, just had a lot of things given to me that I'm thankful for. And that's, it's not to say I'm glad I'm not like that person over there. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is I'm, I just don't want to build myself up. I think that's, that's just not the place to be. And I'm not, and this is not a holy confession. I do that. Yeah. Like I do do that. I forget what God has put in We're all Pharisees sometime, right? Yeah, yeah. We're like, hey, well, at least I'm not that guy. Yeah, we talked about that, right? <laughs> we talked about that. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to point out with this this text and this, this question before we move on is I think that we live too much of our life um, wanting to get to the next thing, okay? So, so we're so focused on, well, when the kids get into school or yeah. when the kids get out of school or when I when I get through this season of life or if I can just get to that, if I can get to this or if I if I can just save up this much money, if we can just get out of debt and mm-hmm. we're constantly only focused on ourselves, even if we really like have to because of like we've got to focus because we've got kids that are getting ready to sure, graduate or some debt yeah. we're trying to I get that but we get so tunnel vision that our motivation even if we wouldn't check this box on a test mm-hmm. is premeditated self-centeredness mm-hmm. that we are thinking if I can just get to this point that I can rest and we're actually missing all these opportunities around us to, to see ways to, to invest in other people yeah. and, and to, to acknowledge what God's doing in our lives yeah okay I okay? get that that helps so, um, so what should we do? What what kind of steps do we need to take? Excuse me to um, to not be you know yeah not build those barns yeah right? build those barns. <laughs> One, I think I think these are these are practical steps, right? One, look for someone to mentor, like, and don't wait for them to ask for it because yeah. because um, uh, just my own example, I, I'm about to be 32 in a couple of weeks. And so growing up, uh, kind of coming through ministry, but also um, pressing through, I mean, I was in restaurants for a long time mm-hmm. and, and going through school, I was in seven years of undergrad and all, even in seminary, like where you think in the Christian community, this kind of thing will, will happen. Like I had no idea what it looked like to be mentored. And so I had no idea how to ask for mm. it. Yeah, and I thought I was trying. I thought I was doing that those things, and I, I just never really could find that person important. So, so for those of us um, that are in places where I think we all are, like if you're listening to this podcast right now, yeah. in some way you can be pouring into somebody else, and so look for that person. Take them to lunch. Grab a cup of coffee. Just ask them about life. Get to know them a little bit, um, and build a relationship because I think that that's so important. Um, Next thing, have a conversation with your loved one and or your small group. Hopefully you're in a small group and ask about places that you might be building larger barns. Tell me more about that. 
So what are the places in our life that we're hoarding our possessions, Hmm. that we're being self-centered, or that we're not investing in what we're doing, that we're, we're living, I mean, we're living a life of comfort and not living into this uh, the, I have what I need now. I can take what else is is given to me, and I can give it to those around me. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I th- I think you I think you have a blind spot when it like when we talk about there's a tension here when we talk about in, invest money when we talk oh, yeah. about investing mm-hmm. and saving and the house that we drive the house we live in the car we drive those things like I'm not gonna sit here and tell you you need to get rid of your your six series whatever <laughs> car and go get something else I'm not I'm, that's not my part I'm right. not gonna do that but I think that the people that are with you if you're wrestling with this have a conversation is there more that we can do can we can we stop saying what about me and stop looking at ourselves and and now shift out and go what can we do for everybody else is, is there more that we can pour into the church is there more that we can pour into this nonprofit is there more that we yeah. can do for our neighbor like like our literal neighbor next door yeah is there more that more that we can do in this place and i think i think if we're at least asking those questions of of people that are speaking into your life then then i think that's a good thing does that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah definitely so i mean this could all happen at the same time you know you take someone out to lunch and you're mentoring but you're also that accountability it's like you know yeah um that'll just come out through those relationships I think. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. I think a so lot. too. And and we've kind of teased at this, but like I I really think that like the the indicator is and in the story is the guy works really hard to build those larger barns, right? Yeah. And the indicator in our life when we're being self-centered, I think it's really hard to be self-centered. Mm-hmm. Like I think it takes extra work cuz we're built <laughs> to be I think we're built to be in community and be Sacrificial, like I think God has seeded that in our hearts, particularly Christians. Yeah. Uh, I know we grow up in an individualized society, and you take what's yours and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think deep down in our core, there's actually part of us that really wants to be this way. And I think w- in those places we're working really, really hard, or it's a- causing all of this stress, or like the- I think there's there's a place that might be an indicator that we can talk about. It. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? I'm chewing on all this. I think that yeah. as soon as you leave, I'm going to have all these ideas and kind of questions for you. <laughs> so, and I, I really think just because this this particular parable is so multi-layered yeah. with the rich guy and the brothers and all the stuff that's like, yeah. I think everyone's probably still processing through this, which is good. I mean, that's that's the, the whole point of that is that yeah. we, can, <laughs> we can do that. Uh, and and I, sometimes I wonder if... You keep talking about you know the uh, premeditated, but I'm like, how many, how much self-centeredness is just like completely oblivious? Well, like, I think I, I think so. I think realize. we're I think we're not even touching on that. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I don't even know if this. I mean, I guess I guess the guy that asked this question, Jesus, there's probably a layer of of subconscious self-centeredness. There right? we go. But at the same time, I I think he knows what he's doing. I, I, I think he's coming to him and saying, I want what's mine yeah. so I can leave the house. I'm doing something that I want a ruling of the law because I'm breaking away from what's going on. So I think in his heart of hearts, he knows yeah. that he's what, what he's asking. So anyways, I mean... Good point. So that's what's going on. Finally, when it comes to practical steps, this is this is where I, I, like I wrestle with this a lot. I at different points in my life, I want to be able to look back and go, I didn't take that season off. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, I, 
I didn't rest in that season. Mm-hmm. This doesn't mean I don't have margin. I don't take care of my family. I don't take a Sabbath. Uh, we don't take vacations, things like that. But I want to say I did not cruise through that season of life. Yeah. Um, I, I've shared before about uh, a hard season when I was in seminary, serving in a difficult church, not understanding purpose or calling or anything. And, and thankfully, and, and I, it's hard for me and I to even get emotional when I talk about this, but Lauren and I, when we came to Kingwood United Methodist, like when we left there, we could look at each other and go, we did not take that season mm-hmm. off and we wanted to. Yeah. Like we would go home and look at each other and go, why are we doing this? Like these kids don't act like they love us at all <laughs> or like us. Yeah. Um, and like, it's just hard. And why are we driving all the way over there and we're broke? And, mm-hmm. and, and like one of the coolest things that so far in our early marriage is to be able to say, we, we gave it what we could and we, we, we poured into that. And so that's how I want to be able to do that at multiple points, different points of my, my yeah. journey. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. I'm th- I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think if I always, did I take a season off, you know, down the road? And, and yeah, I've been working for 20 some odd years. And the one thing that comes to mind is like, there was one year where uh, I took a severance package yeah. from the company. And I'm like, this is a nice chunk of money. And this is what I didn't think of it as, this is the amount of money I would be getting for the next three months if I were working. And I thought of it as, Man, I just got like three months worth of money. I don't have to do anything. For th- I mean, I was I think I was that full, that rich fool. Yeah. At the time, and then fast forward um, much more recently, I was in a similar situation, and I didn't. I mean, I absolutely did not take it, do yeah. that. So uh, I just never really kind of looked at it in that perspective before. But well, how- th- think about it this way too. Like, think about think about those times like. I'm just thinking of the larger barns we build in our lives. I wonder how many people are actually trying to make money for their family, uh-huh. but their larger barn is their career and their success. That's a good, good one. And they're taking that. a season off from their marriage mm-hmm. and their kids. I mean, you know, like, I, I, like, cause I, I can identify, thankfully, short seasons, but seasons when I probably took took it off yeah i was self-centered in my marriage you know like i I can think of that where i yeah where where church was more important than my life Mm -hmm. and so like i want to be able to identify that and go that's not how i want to be that's not i want to tear down that barn um and i want to live with what i need to here and and i want to pour into those that are around me so yeah i think our barns are different things all over the place for sure yeah all right so so closing thoughts here okay all right um, the context of the parable, we couldn't get to this at all. So the very next uh, part of this of this story, mm-hmm. as soon as the parable is over, Jesus then turns to probably well-known text from many people that would know, uh, where he says, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you eat, about your body, about what you'll wear. Uh, for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or mm-hmm. reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable uh, are you than birds? Who of you are worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little 
little thing. Why do you worry about the rest? So anyways, I, I'm not going to read all this, but I encourage you to go look at that text. And, and one of the things I want to pull out of this is in this context, I think for the guy, the person, uh, the guy in the parable and the person that's listening and the, per- the person that has wrestled with this this week that's building larger barns, I actually think it brings a higher amount of worry and stress. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> A good point that's a great point like i think i think it, what it does is it, it, it and that should be the indicator like that's what i mean it should be the indicator that maybe we're living in a way in which god didn't design for it to be mm-hmm. that god is is blessing us with a, a crop that is yielding all of this or um this season of life where we can slow down and look for other people around us or the kids have left the house and so now we have opportunities to to more time to invest in our marriage whatever whatever it is. And, and I think that that in those places where there's more worry and more stress, we're probably not investing in, in what's around us and we're missing it. We're mm-hmm. missing what's going on. And then, um, so, so let me just wrap that point up. So there's actually freedom in this life of living sacrificially for others. Yeah. Like that's the paradox of this. Hmm. If we're built this way, if we're built to be giving and sacrificial and to live, not not making yourself like not know where the next meal is going to come from. Mm-hmm. Some people that may be a, mm-hmm. a way of life well, that sure. they're, they're chosen, but um, or that God calls them to. But for the most part, it's not that. It's but it's it's looking to invest in other people. That's the place where we'll be set free. Mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful thing because now we're no longer serving money or our career or what we're no we're not building those barns. And Jesus even uses barn in that text, and and they don't have a storeroom to keep their food, yeah. and yet God still still mm-hmm. still feeds the ravens. And so, um, and then the the last part of this: Don't be afraid, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Kingdom. Hmm. Sell your possessions and give it to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out, comma, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys, or where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what's free? What's transformative about not having these giant barns but living for others is actually because that's where we're receiving the kingdom. That's where we're earning our treasure in heaven. That's where God is pouring into us and we're being changed and transformed uh, for others. Mm-hmm. Amen. Man. Amen to that. I think I think we could do this same parable like for the next three, four weeks. <laughs> yeah, we I, I'm just really getting a lot out of this. We or, could. There's or, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And, and obviously didn't have time to cover hardly anything Sunday. But. Yeah. In two services, you can do it. Yeah, no, I should start doing part one and part two, and I that would be amazing. I would love that. I can't wait to see. I don't how know that if our attendance over. would stick around that long. All right. Um, anyways, friends, I hope this was encouraging for you. Once again, the parables are not set for me to be able to give you right. all the answers. Uh, but to raise some questions, some teas. That's why I think Jason and I had have had a couple of pretty spirited conversations in a row on five fifteen mm-hmm. because it it's that opportunity. But anyways, uh, pray for y'all all the time. Hope you're doing well. Uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. All right, take bye. care, man.